to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Welcome, we're coming live. This is our second live show, so we're really excited. Hopefully we get a, a couple more kinks worked out as we're learning. Uh, it looks like we are on Facebook, um, Clout Hub. Uh, what else? Twitter, Rumble Live, YouTube, and it looks like one of them is Rumble. On Rumble, we're having an issue, so I will have to uh, deal with that later, I guess. Later. Yeah. Yeah, we've got five, five places right now out of the six. So, anyway, gonna be a great night. There's so much stuff uh, to cover oh, tonight that goodness. we're only covering just one specific topic, but actually, there's so many. There's probably about five different topics we could spend at least an hour on uh, together. So, anyway, uh, hey, how was your weekend, guys? Just catching up here. Good, man. Good. Um, things are heating up. Um, I, I did I did get a chance to see the Super Bowl. That was um, a pretty intense game, especially the last uh, few minutes of it. Um, what, a, what a great game. I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was for me there was the best part of that that Super Bowl was oh you Ron you didn't see it did you I didn't see it actually I took the time and I went up the California coast I went kiteboarding there was good waves oh. overhead waves and wind and I thought would I rather be a spectator or rather be out there doing it so I just went out and had a good good afternoon and a lot of other people were doing the same what about, about you, you Chris uh, I was uh, I actually was on a prayer assignment uh, in. Uh, Carmel down by Carmel River Valley. And uh, I did not see it, but I did watch a broadcast of the national anthem wow. that was played. And I'll tell you, it um it just shifted my heart. Mm. It was it was just so heartfelt. It was a beautiful rendition of the national anthem. And I could see there was a lot of emotion. I I think there were so many people when that uh, when our song, our beautiful national anthem plays, I just think there's so much emotional um, trauma that people have been going through the last yep. few years yes. that when you get that many people in one place, suddenly you realize we love our country and we are proud to be Americans. Yeah, that was um, to me. I, I just said I was talking to some friends right after, and I said that was a spiritual experience to for all of those people to just all simultaneously give thanks, like an honor and respect and gratitude, you know, to God and to our country. And there was just this this a very American in all the good ways, a very American sense of just. What, being thankful for what we have. And I, it, 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 it kind of um, the note, the notes that people put out on all social media was that coach of the Eagles. He just started weeping. You could see him oh. with his eyes closed singing and then all he opens eyes and is just weeping. Mm -hmm. And apparently they caught it on the jumbotron and everybody, it was just uh, people mm -hmm. were weeping in the, in the, before the game. I, it, it was, somebody said, coach got us all crying, you know, it was one of those types of things. So I just, you know, I think it's a spiritual experience. I mean, I think the reality, you know, it's the kingdom of God. When you are thankful for what you have, mm -hmm. you, it's an element of the kingdom to be of God, to just be to be of honor and respect where it's due. You experience something of, of God's kingdom in that way. So I, I, I was deeply moved by it. And I know every, you know, the whole, a huge stadium of people were and uh, a national television were moved. So. 
Yeah, that was that's a beautiful thing. You know, if you ever do get anxious, uh, there is a physical neurologic principle that says gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist in mm. the same body. Whoa. So if you feel yeah. anxious, start thanking God. Mm. That's a good way right. right there. There's a lot to be thankful for. And when you start focusing in on that, you start realizing it. Yeah, I actually do have a lot to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, that the we're, you know, we are in the middle of a war going on. It's a spiritual war around us. And I, I'm reminded of the Psalm 23, where mm -hmm. it says, he prepareth a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So the, that scripture is basically saying that, even though the war rages around me, God prepares a yeah. place of feasting with him right. in union with him in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the war. The war doesn't stop. We just are able to pause and be with the Lord in the midst of it. And I really believe that's important when we get into the stuff that we're covering right now. I mean, the, it, the heat is turned up right now. I mean, it, yeah. it, the ta tables are turning. Things are shifting. The deep skate state and the, the dark hats are getting really scared. They're going through, going to all kinds of different uh, distractions and misdirections. So, and I, I think we're actually seeing, uh, uh, you know, another level of psyoping the American people and it, the things like aliens. Like we're, we're we got to pull <laughs> oh out the aliens because they're, right. they're they're investigating us in the House committees. We got to pull out the aliens and the deep state in the industrial military complex. We, we need to play up the China thing. We got to play up Russia. I just feel all of these things are meant to create fear in people. Wars and rumors of wars, mm -hmm. yeah. fear in, in Americans and fear in the saints and fear in people. And we just are going to say, we will not be fearful. We will step in and we yeah. will examine what's going on, but we will not be full of fear. Yeah, it just reminds me too of a verse in um, James, the book of James, and it just talks about don't be double-minded. And and uh, on this radio station, one, one of the things that Wake the Bear um, wants to do is, yes, we want people to wake up, but we also want to give people a message of hope. Yes. And there will be, if you go chasing after all the, um, all the bad news or all the stories that are manifesting, and there is a lot of bad news and there are a lot of things that are manifesting, you have got to get above that. So we just want to encourage you um, to, to stay in a place of peace. And that means ask God to give you the perspective that he is looking at it with. Yeah, yeah. That's really absolutely. Good. You know, as we, uh, we talk about the, you know, the Super Bowl and all the fun stuff uh, for people, but you know, there are people that are hurting around the world and, you know, specifically Turkey lately. Turkey. I mean, this yeah. last week has been, oh my gosh, I, I've, you know, you rarely ever hear of an earthquake that size and uh, and just the devastation. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, you go, boy, is awfully convenient time for some people and awfully terrible time for others. And now we're starting to hear more in the news cycle of that. Uh, so before we go on our main topic, why don't, why don't we just kind of do a couple bullet points? Because, you know, there's so many people mm -hmm. that have been killed. It's, you know, I, I want to remember them and, and I hurt for them. We've been praying for them, you know, my wife and I, and, um, you know, it's just, it's just horrible, but, yeah. uh, you know, just going, just looking at the truth tellers out there, you know, I, I, I started running across things like, oh, this could be, you know, a weather control, a harp thing. And I'm thinking, well, that could be conspiracy or what, but then all of a sudden you start getting a, a Senator from Romania addressing parliament 
uh, Diane Sosa Koa, um, if I'm saying that right, yeah. she, um, you know, she starts addressing uh, parliament mm -hmm. on this and I was just blown away. It's like, Oh my gosh, uh, she really saying some things that could be out there for a lot of people that have never heard of that. You know um, you know, the whole harp, which is um, you know, they send out these frequencies, these uh, these waves, shortwave radio waves, or they're actually microwaves um, 3.5 billion Watts worth. I mean, wow. You know, to, cook a, to cook, you know, a, a burger or, or TV dinners, like, you know, 1100 Watts. So you can imagine what 3.5 billion Watts can do, how much place, you know, how much distance that can cover. Um, and so it actually sent me on a little wild goose chase over the weekend. Just, uh, you know, there's this guy on the radio station, uh, Dane, who, who does uh, geoengineering watch. And he's all about the, you know, the chemtrails and the harp. And well, actually, not a lot about harp, but he did have a page on talking about the Japanese um, earthquake and stuff. And so it really started getting me looking into it. But then when we saw this, there's some bullet points. I think you put out out there, Chris. If you want to hit a couple of those bullet points that she covered, yeah. I was just blown away. Yeah, it it all was. Um... Just like a lot of things that are frustrating for us as both observers and discerners, we're trying to discern what is going on out there. And it's so difficult. You, you need to look at and notice the details of things that happen. And she noticed a few things that happened prior to the earthquake wow. um, that were unusual as some a member of parliament or the senator that she is. She said that... Um, First of all, she said, we in Turkey, we, we have lived to witness production, production of earthquakes on demand. And that, yeah. that whole idea, earthquakes on demand, which meant obviously this was a manipulated, she was inferring this is a manipulated energy weaponized kind of EMP kind of thing that created instability um, on demand. So there was a focused weaponization. And, and she said, this is why um, 10 seconds before the occurrence of the so-called earthquake, the Turks closed uh, oil and gas pipelines. So that was one thing. Wow. And then the day before the earthquake, 10 countries withdrew their ambassadors from Turkey. So someone got a fun phone call from somebody important. Oh. And they, uh, 10 countries, all just mysteriously withdrew from Turkey. And five days before the earthquake, also the Romanian Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued a travel warning for Romanian citizens in, in Turkey. Mm -hmm. And then there were some videos that showed these flashes of lightning um, that were some physical evidence that something triggered was being triggered by these tectonic plates yeah and those that want to say oh that's just conspiracy they're saying well that's because the earth was letting off electricity but what was caught looked like um it came from high to low it was like a lightning or, or you you described it ron like yeah a, there was one scene it looked like a, a pillar of just just bright like fire coming from the sky in a line and it looked a lot like a star wars scene with the death star blowing up a, a planet wow. you know that it's a focused beam and it, it looked like that i'm like oh my gosh i 
I've never seen anything like it and it was, uh, and it's out there and, and uh, you know, maybe we should do a bear pause on that or a, a later um, broadcast on it. There's a lot of detail out there um, and it's saw, still growing. I saw one video of, of uh, like this beam of light coming from the sky traveling just a few minutes before the earthquake. And it looked like a large pencil. Like it came to a point yeah. and it had this big like mane behind it. And it looked like something was traveling through space and people were like speaking in Turkish. What is this? What is this? And of course I'm thinking, okay, maybe this, someone edited this footage, but it, they did it pretty quickly after the, it, it came surfaced like right after the earthquake and it's been online and you can watch it. And it's like, it, you know, it looks pretty legit to me. So I, I you know, I think that there, there, there might be something going on here. And we do know that harp, that technology DARPA, oh, yeah. they've been, they've been working on technology to control weather patterns and, all other types of weather patterns. Why wouldn't they also be able to control certain other, you know, certain things like earthquakes and things like that? And I think the big one that she said in her, um, in her speech, she said that there was no epicenter. Yeah, yeah, no epicenter. Yeah, I checked out the um, the the earthquake, uh, the geo, what is it, the geologic survey, and the first thing I noticed when I looked at it the day of the earthquake, because I was looking for the epicenter, is that the region was rectangular. It's like a coffin shape. The parts that were hit hard were um, a um, longer than than they were short, but they were rectangular. It was very unusual. But um, Ron, what what was your idea when when the senator was talking? Who was it? Do you think that she was actually accusing of uh, possibly using a weapon? She said the the most powerful. That's all she said. So I don't know if it was most powerful country or most powerful people, but she said the most powerful are behind this. And, and, and the reason why she even addressed it was because she was talking about um, what the president had done. The pre president of uh, Romania had basically blocked the accession of Sweden into NATO and didn't want to. And he was trying to play in between Russia and NATO, you know. And so what was happening was is um, they were not playing along with NATO. And in fact, the president of Romania walked out. Oh, that was Turkey. I'm sorry, Turkey. Erdogan. Turkey. I'm sorry. Erdogan's Turkey. the, the yes. um, I think it's the president of Turkey. Yes, thank you. I, I, I yeah, the, the lady talking is from Romania. She's talking about the president of Turkey. Basically, he was getting punished for not going along in Davos, which just happened uh, about a month ago. Um, didn't go along with the plan. You know, is giving uh, NATO a hard time by not allowing, you know, voting against the uh, Sweden accession. So that that's, and so wow. as a result, you know, that's what uh, this lady, Diane was sharing. So anyway, it's wow. really pretty incredible. Well, I mean, that's just one of the major things I think that the, of the distractions that are going on right now to get our eyes off of, I, I really do believe, I mean, they're trying to turn out the lights on the house investigations going on going on right now i mean literally literally the, light, the lights went out the power <laughs> went out how many times do you hear that the power goes out in the state capitol during an investigation and testimonies yeah Never. yeah so that happened and uh and so well what 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 are these investigations that are they're doing and why are they trying to, to hide it distract people from them? yeah uh, uh, someone's pulling the plug there. And so I'm sure they, <laughs> yeah, you did so a deep dive on it. Bill. 
No, go yeah, on. You, you did a pretty deep dive on it, didn't you, Ron? On, on the, uh, just what on was the oversight being covered. committee yeah. and what's going on now in our 118th congressional um, uh, meetings. We, we yeah, started last week, didn't we, on some of the committee meetings? Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, I loaded up some videos. Let, let's just show some videos and we'll comment after because I think the, the source of everything you want to hear out there is really on these videos. So, uh, yeah, yeah let's, let's go for it. We'll pull them up and courage for being here today. Pull them up and what you want to. I was going to say, you know, um, please like and subscribe us, uh, Wake the Bear Radio. So, anyways. Yeah, as we're transitioning from uh, airwave radio to online, we could really use the uh, sub subscription or the likes. So, please do. So, yeah, let's go with our first one. This is the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. Mr. Turley, I want to start with you. The Twitter files laid bare for the American people what you correctly call unconstitutional, quote, censorship by surrogate. Matt Taibbi writes, quote, Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive as if it were a subsidiary. Do you agree with that assessment? I do. What we know on the record so far shows a relationship that goes beyond uh, this sort of informal I, um, exchange of ideas. You're okay. correct. In fact, isn't it true that leading up to the 2020 election, Twitter had weekly meetings with not just the FBI, with DOJ, with DHS, with DNI, to conduct this unconstitutional censorship by surrogate? We know that because of the Twitter files, correct? Correct. And it was not just meetings, not just censorship of stories like the Hunter Biden laptop story. We also now know that the FBI paid Twitter over $3.4 million of taxpayer, taxpayer funds to censor these stories before the 2020 election. Is that correct? Uh, that money was paid. Twitter confirmed that. And this, the Twitter files are just the tip of the iceberg because there's so much more. There was a corrupt revolving door at the highest levels between the FBI and Twitter. Look no further than Jim Baker, former general counsel at the FBI who helped unlawfully investigate Donald Trump in the 2016 election. Or look at Jim Comey's deputy chief of staff who became the director of strategy at Twitter. Isn't it true, according to the Twitter files, that there were so many FBI officials who then went to work at Twitter that they created their own Slack channel and crib sheet for onboarding? The Twitter files confirmed that, correct? Correct. Are you aware as the American people are aware that according to polling, of the people that were made aware of the Hunter Biden laptop story, 53% would have changed their vote, including 61% of Democrats. Wow. This is the definition yeah. of election meddling, and it's the definition of election meddling by the FBI on behalf of Democrats paid for by the U.S. taxpayers. I'll just stop right there on this one. That That's brutal. It's yeah, she she came out swinging. I, I was really impressed with it. But I mean, what are the things she just unpacked? She said that they uh, that Twitter was involved with the FBI, the DOJ, the well, DIC, was it? Um, and and uh, one other one, but a bunch of them. Yeah. And so and, and in multiple yeah, meetings. Yeah. The CISA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and and then they got paid. I mean, big time and so yeah, 3.4 million that's that's a and that um what taibi was saying was that wasn't even what they were worth as much as the time that the twitter uh employees that were 
delegated to that responsibility. They, they really got underpaid for the amount of work they were asked to do. Yeah. Uh, just incredible. Uh, just the exposure. Sounds uh, like I, a bribe to me. Sounds like a bribe. Hey, oh, you guys were having to work extra hard to uh, take down and censor all this stuff we're asking you to do. So we're going to give you some extra money because you're working really hard to take all that stuff down. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, it's just, uh, I don't know, to me it's mind-blowing because, you know, you, you hear, you heard so much of the mainstream media saying, no, this is not uh, disinformation about uh, Donald Trump or, or, you know, he really did lose. There, there's no, there's no bias against him. You know, there's no cover up. There's no, and, and Twitter is just coming out right now. And they're saying, yeah, we did all these things. And, and, and then you see, oh, that wouldn't have really affected the results. And yet they said, what, 53% of people uh, would have voted differently. And yeah. I think 61% or something like that of Democrats. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, it well, did have, I mean, I, we always believe it. I mean, you know, the yeah. three of us for sure. But you know, a lot of people are like, I didn't think that would have made a difference. Well, and and you, can look, did. you look back, if you remember, there was a Time article where the writer says there was a collaborative effort by multiple agencies to get Trump out of office. And they, yeah. they used, they, they basically, you know, colluded with each other. And this is the thing they used federal dollars that federal agencies using federal dollars to, to circumvent the bill of rights, the constitution of the United States. So they, they well, we can't do it. So we'll pay you to do it for us, which is highly illegal. And, the, and everybody who was involved in that needs to be held accountable and fired and no longer ha having a job in a government or any sort of institution that, you know, of our government. So, yeah. And Brandon, do, do you pay taxes by any chance? Oh, yes, sir. A whole lot. I live in California, bro. So you paid for this. Yeah. How do you feel? You paid I, I for paid this corruption. For, to have, I paid for them to censor me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube about the elections. Cause if you say anything about the, about the E word, and then you get booted from yep. the, uh, or yeah. the V word yeah. or the HB uh, laptop. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's right. It just goes on and on. And uh, one of the what what our listeners might notice as we show some of these um, these hearings is that it feels like the um, Congress men and women might be a little harsh or a little rude because they're pushing, they're pushing all the time, but to realize that they're each on a five minute time, uh, very strict time limit. And these are uh, really the opening days of these committees. So they're trying to, to set a precedent mm -hmm. and they're trying to establish some sort of rhythm also. And they want to get some things that they might be able to, um, follow up on. Uh, uh, a lot of people say that uh, justice dies in the congressional committees, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. hopefully that isn't the case. These are not court hearings. They are hearings, although they do have subpoena power, so they can a subpoena to get uh, the testimonies, but they uh, are information and they're like a... Um, uh, they're getting testimony so to see if there is a cause to go further um, for a trial that the DOJ, in theory, uh, even though in the weaponization of federal government, the DOJ is is 
is one of the entities being investigating. So, so it's a little tricky because the committee is um, investigating the party that would have to bring the le- the the judicial justice. So right. It, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let's look at some of these. I mean, there's some. I mean, there's some. Um, I, I, the best yeah. thing we could do for the American people and the people of Wake, you know, the people of California, is just watch these. Like, what they're they're trying to distract you by earthquakes and you know floods and fires and wars to keep your eyes. But balloons and uh, four they're different turning UA, out the lights, UAPs, and trains, the trains getting derailed. You know, they don't want you to see this stuff. So let's play it. Some of them. Okay, things. let's play the next one. Chair recognizes Miss Luna for five minutes. Thank you, Chairman. Mr. Roth, Mr. Roth, um, have you communicated with government officials ever on a platform called JIRA? Yes or no? Real quick answer. We're on the clock. Not yes to or no? the best of my recollection. Not no. to your recollection? Great. Have, if you did in the event communicate, who would have had access to this platform? That's the nature of my confusion. Okay. Jira is Did you not- ever speak to government officials on Jira regarding taking down social media posts? Again, not to the best of my recollection. Can you explain to me why the federal government would ever have interest in communicating through Jira, mind you, a private cloud server with social media companies without oversight to censor American voices? I want to let you know that this is a violation of the First Amendment, and the federal government is colluding with social media companies to censor Americans. Mr. Chairman... I ask for unanimous consent to submit these graphics into record. And Mr. Roth, I'm going to refresh your memory for you. This flowchart behind you. Thank you, Chair. Um, this flowchart shows the following federal agencies, social media companies, Twitter, leftist nonprofits, and organizations communicating regarding their version of misinformation using Jira, a private cloud server. On this chart, I want to annotate that the Department of Homeland Security, which has the following branches, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, also known as CISA, um, Countering Foreign Intelligence Task Force, now known as the Misinfo, Disinfo, and Malinformation, MDM. This was, again, used against the American people. The Election Partnership Institute, or Election Integrity Partnership, EIP, which includes the following Stanford Internet Observatory, University of Washington Center for Informed Public, Graphica, and Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, and potentially, according to what we found on the final report by EIP, the DNC. The Center for Internet Security, CIS, a nonprofit funded by DHS, the National Association of Secretaries of State, also known as NASS, and the National Changing Communications on So she goes in the detail. Yes or no? I remember (laughs) communicating on a private cloud server to remove a posting. Yes or no? I wouldn't agree with the characterization. I don't care if you agree. this 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 is your stuff. Yes or no, did you communicate with a private entity, the government agency, on a private cloud server, yes or no? The question was if I Yes or no. Yeah, I'm on time. Yes or no? Ma'am, I don't believe I can give you a yes or no. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that you did, and we have proof of it. This, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is joint action between the federal government and a private company to censor and violate the First Amendment. This is also known, and I'm so glad that there's many attorneys on this panel, joint state actors. It's highly illegal. You are all engaged in this action, and I want you to know that you will be all held accountable. Ms. Gaddy, are you still on CISA's Cybersecurity Advisory Council? Yes or no? Yes, I am. Okay. 
For those who have said that this is a pointless hearing, and I just want to let you guys all know, we found that Twitter was indeed communicating with the federal government to censor Americans. I'd like to remind you that this was all in place before January 6th. So to, so to say that these mechanisms weren't in place and to make it about January 6th, I want to let you know that you guys were actually in control of all of the content, and clearly we have proof of that. Wow. Now, if you don't think that this is important to your constituents and the American people from those saying that this was a pointless hearing, I suggest you find other jobs. Chairman, I yield my time. <laughs> I suggest Woo! you find other jobs. Yes, Woo! definitely. Wow. Letting them have wow. it. So she so got a little technical was... in the beginning, but she was establishing, you know, just the secure network that they were on, which was outside. It was a, it was a secret channel, basically. And why wow. would you do that? It, because the the information wasn't to be made known public. And, and so you they can't they were answer safe. the question yes or no, because if you answer yes, you're verifying that you did this. If you answer no, you're lying under oath that you did this because mm -hmm. we have proof. So he's saying, I can't answer the question, which is a violation. Uh, it's actually, he should be held in contempt of Congress because he's not actually answering the questions they're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, if you notice, so this was a House Committee of Oversight and Accountability, and it was a little different from the weaponization that the chair of this was Comer, although um, Jim Jordan is also on on this committee. And what what you see, the, the four people that they had from Twitter, James Baker, who who I haven't heard any of his his testimony yet. He's the former um, Twitter deputy counsel. And then uh, Mr. Roth was the Yoel Roth, who was the Twitter head of trust and safety. Oh, man. Ms. Ms. Gaddy is the VJ that they talk about on um, the Twitter files that that Taibbi um, talks about. And then um, Anika Navaroli is um, another member. And, and uh, these are very high up at Twitter that I could feel the, the pressure they're under. Well, they're, they're the heads of the departments of trust and safety and Twi Twitter legal officers and Twitter deputy account. They're the, they're the main people that made these decisions. And they're like, oh, I don't remember actually having a communication. And they're like, here's your emails. Like, yeah, there's one like one representative goes, here's your emails, Mr. Roth. Is this you? Yes. OK, you're doing it right now. This is it right here. I and can't say yes or no. Yeah, he can't say <laughs> yes or no because he, he'd be lying or, or, you know, to Congress or he would be, you know, confirming what is illegal. Uh, I love Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, testimony. She just let him have it. Yeah, uh, I can I can uh, play her right oh, now. Play that one. That was on fire. Yeah, she was. Thank God Elon, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral <laughs> dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child, child porn all over Twitter. Twitter had become a platform, you said, connecting queer young adults. 
You also wrote on Twitter in 2010, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? In 2021, while you were the director of trust and safety on Twitter, an underage boy and his mother announced a lawsuit against Twitter because, because Twitter was benefiting from and refused to remove a lewd video featuring this boy and another minor. That is repulsive. Yeah. Wow. It is repulsive. Oh, my goodness. Very much. Well, they said, you know, as Q said, they will not be able to walk down the street. I mean, people are getting absolutely disgusted with these people and they're being called out. And, I, you know, for a lot of us, this is kind of uh, our victory day of at least having people called out. Yeah, look, at, there, Brandon. Go look for at this, Yul Roth. These are all of his tweets and they are just absolutely disgusting. Uh, doing research on Craigslist sex discussion boards begs the question, main browser or porn browser? Twitter will live to porn another day. Thing I just yelled loudly at work. Uh, it, I mean, he goes through the, all of this, um, this wicked stuff, man. And it's like, he's basically eliminating people who have a difference of opinion on COVID or have, you know, doctors who have a difference of opinion on COVID than the, the, the period, you know, the, the, the accepted narrative and he's all about pornography mm -hmm. I, and, you know major taylor green was right to be just disgusted by this guy and this this is this is the guy who's the head at twitter of trust and safety yes isn't that a i mean that is a hypocrisy name all on its own that head of trust and safety i mean he's about as yeah. a pr predatory as a person could get for for young people Absolutely. Let's go to the next one. Matt Taibbi, a respected reporter who published much of the Twitter files, said, quote, Twitter's contact with FBI was constant and pervasive as if it were a subsidiary. Now, I want to better understand why he would suggest that. Mr. Roth, while at Twitter, how many meetings did you have with the FBI? I couldn't say for sure, but I more than 10. That's a reasonable More than 20? estimate. I couldn't say for sure. More than 50? That seems a bit high. Many meetings with the FBI. Well, we know uh, uh, how many FBI agents worked at Twitter while you were there? I don't believe any active FBI Former agents. Former FBI agents. How many worked there while you were there? I'm aware of perhaps two. Well, we know of at least nine um, because they started the BU group chat, BU for Bureau. Now, Mr. Roth, did the FBI ever ask you to share information like users' communication data without going through proper legal channels? No, they did not. And I would have refused if they had. Um, that's correct. I see that you denied Agent Chan's request for access to Twitter's data feed. What's sick isn't that you would deny it. Uh, it's that the FBI would even ask you for the private data of American citizens without going through legal channels of the law. Now, I want to remind you, Mr. Roth, that you are under oath. Did the FBI ever ask you to do anything that was illegal or questionably legal? I'm not a lawyer, but certainly not to the best of my recollection or knowledge. Now, from the hearing that I've...
been a part of today. Um, it's almost impossible to tell where the FBI ends and where Twitter begins. We have Mr. Mm -hmm. Baker here, a former FBI agent, and there seems to be a revolving door between the FBI and Twitter itself. Um, even Mr. Baker said that there was no collusion with the federal government and Twitter. But Mr. Baker, that's you. You are the collusion between the federal government and the FBI. And now with it, this is such a problem because we're seeing censorship all over. Mr. Roth, Ms. Gaddy, did either of you approve the shadow banning of my account at Lauren Boebert? Ooh. Yes or no? No, I did not. Not to the best of my recollection. Well, let me refresh your memory because on March 12th, 2021, and Mr. Roth, I know you looked at it because fascist Twitter 1.0 had a public interest exceptions policy, which means for members of Congress to be shadow banned, it had to go before you, Mr. Roth. So I'll ask again, did you shadow ban my account? Yes or no? Again, not to the best of my recollection. So the answer is, Mr. Roth, yes, you did. I found out last night from Twitter staff that you suppressed my account for this tweet. It's a freaking joke about Hillary Clinton being angry that she couldn't rig her election. It's a joke. But in response, being the sinister overlords that you all are, you placed a 90-day account filter so I could not be found. And now we see here that Twitter staff said the visibility filter on my account excluded me from top searches, prevented notifications for non-followers, and much more. This is considered an aggressive visibility filter. You silenced members of Congress from communicating with their constituents. You, could, you silenced me from communicating with the American people over a freaking joke. Now, who the hell do you think that you are? Election interference? Yeah, I would say that that was taking place because of you four sitting here. The Hunter Biden laptop story was suppressed. A sitting member of Congress was suppressed. A, a sitting president was banned from Twitter. You know, I bet that Putin is sitting in the Kremlin wishing he had as much election intervention interference as you four here today. <laughs> We've heard about threats to On democracy. Well, what about oh shutting down gosh. a duly elected member of Congress? This is fundamental to our nation's governance. And you all attacked that very foundation. Wow. 230 protections. Well, those are for publishers, not for editors. And it's clear you were not acting as publishers. You were acting as editors. And Mr. Chairman, I think it's far past time that we remove 230 protections for, for big tech platforms who are abusing this protection. And let me just say, I'm not angry for myself. I'm not angry because I was silenced, I can reach out to Elon and to his staff and I can see what's happened. And I can sit here today and hold you all in account. I am angry for the millions of Americans who were silenced because of your decisions, because of your actions, because of your collusion with the federal government. They can't reach out to Elon. They can't sit here today and hold you into account. We don't know where the FBI ends and Twitter begins. Oh man, man, she's, she's on, on fire, wow. on fire. But you know, she's she's a truth teller. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah. I loved her the first time I saw her on Flashpoint. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, she's a sister in Christ, and she's got a fire in her. But yeah, she's just laying it out.
I do you remember um, the the night of the Speaker of the House vote? The the last night, she was sitting next to Jim Jordan, and she was um, she was part of the. Uh, no, she was sitting next to Matt Gates. Matt Gates. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Gates, and so she was part of that contingent of waiting, waiting, waiting until the last vote, um, where after midnight. Um, uh, Kevin McCarthy got voted in. And one of the stipulations that they made for their vote to go to Kevin McCarthy was that the weaponization of uh, government agency committees would move forward. And yeah. so it, that was, it's a brand new committee and uh, part of that negotiation um, for him to get Speaker of the House and enough enough votes to pass that night uh, was that he would agree to this committee. Yeah. What, what we had, and we said this before, those 21 holdouts actually made us made the strongest conservative house that the, that we have seen in our lifetime. Like they, because they actually hamstringed all of the liberals and ability to manipulate McCarthy and into their mm -hmm. different deals. And he, we, he, they protected McCarthy from McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and yeah, they did. Dems who would have who would have who would have manipulated him. So, oh gosh, I got another one. You want to see another one? Yeah, let's, let's do watch, it. Check this one out. This is this is also about Yul Roth. Before we move off of him, um, wow, he's what's so strange about him is is he was um, he didn't know enough about did he do anything illegal, um, and yet he has this disconnect, this cognitive dissonance Yummy. that uh, having sex with a minor is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. I'm not yeah. aware. Not, didn't do anything illegal that I'm aware of. We're actually flagged and taken down at the behest of the Biden team. I wouldn't agree with the characterization of it as being at the behest of them. These tweets were reported and Twitter independently evaluated them under its but the, rules. But the, but the email is very clear. Or to review from Biden team. The response three hours later at the bottom, hold this up real quick. The request at the bottom, it says, handled these. What does handled these mean? My understanding is that these tweets contained non-consensual nude photos of Hunter Biden, and they were removed by the company under- Hold on, real quick, Mr. Roth, how could you know so much about the content of these tweets? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, these are just web addresses. I don't know what's in these tweets. You have these things committed to memory that you know the content, but you don't know who you talk to you talk to at the Biden team. Isn't that something? Yeah, there he is. Definitely something there. Yeah, that's from our good good buddy X twenty two. And we know that was and we know. Oh, and we know. Okay, LT. Yeah, I get those two. I watch those two so regularly. They just kind of weave in. Um, those are actually good spots. And we know.com and x22report.com. Uh, if you're not watching them, I would suggest you do because those guys will dig up everything that's happening every day. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you know, I've been showing videos and it's been all girl po power and it shows just how powerful these uh, mm -hmm. ladies have been and how amazing each of them have been. But uh, in order to be politically correct, no, I'm just joking. Uh, but I, I am going to show, I'm just joking. I'm not doing it for that reason at all. It just happens to be that um, there were a lot of 
on fire women. And now uh, we've got Jim Jordan here. I'm going to show you him. Oh and he's always, you know, God he's bless a, Jim Jordan. Uh, the absolutely. government tell you that the Biden laptop story was fake. No, sir, they did not. Did they tell you it was hacked. No, sir, they did not. On October 14, 2020, Twitter blocks the New York Post story on the Hunter Biden, uh, the, the New York Post story on Hunter Biden and suspends their account. The night before, FBI Special Agent Elvis Chan sends you an email. The email says this, heads up, I will be sending a teleporter link for you to download 10 documents. It's not spam. Please confirm receipt when you get it. Two minutes later, 6.24 p.m., you respond back, received and downloaded, thanks. What were those 10 documents? I don't remember. Twitter didn't give me access to my laptop, but Special Agent Chan has said publicly and the FBI has confirmed that those documents did not relate to Hunter Biden, and that's my recollection of that. What did they relate to? My interactions with Agent Chan and with the FBI almost entirely focused on what the FBI called malign foreign interference, things like Russian troll farms and Iranian involvement in the elections, not on any type of domestic Is any of the information on there classified? No, sir, I do not hold a security clearance, and so I would not have received any classified information. Who does hold a security clearance? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to a second email here. I'm just curious about this. Uh, what I propose is that 30 days out from the election, this is, a, this is another email to you from Mr. Chan, 30 days, you get, we get uh, temporary clearances. You pick who they are. Who were the people at Twitter who had a security clearance? To be honest, sir, I'm not sure, and we never ultimately followed through on this plan to get temporary clearances. Did anyone at Twitter have a security clearance? It's my understanding that at least some current or former employees did hold clearances, but I wasn't certain about Ms. that. Ms. Gaddy, do you know if anyone took up Mr. Chan's offer to hand out security clearances 30 days before the 2020 election? Not that I'm aware. So we don't know how many people had security clearances. Twitter, do we know? Mr. Baker, Mr. Gaddy, Ms. Gaddy, anyone know how many people on Twitter had a security clearance in the 30 days prior to the election? I don't know the answer to that question, Ms. sir. Ms. Gaddy? I do not know. Mr. Roth, you don't know? No, sir. How about the last one? Ms. Navaroli, do you know? No. I mean, it seemed like the offer was to sort of just hand them out like candy. I was just wondering who had them. No one knows? Okay. Uh, did, so the FBI didn't tell you uh, that, the, that it was fake, didn't tell you that it was hacked. Uh, and, and Mr. Roth, did the, did the story violate your policies? In my judgment at the time, no, it did not. Yeah, that's what you said. Said what I would propose, uh, excuse me, is you said it isn't clearly a violation of our hack materials policy, nor is it clearly a violation of anything else. So I think what a lot of people are wondering is if it didn't violate your policies and they didn't tell you it was fake, didn't tell you it was hacked, why'd you take it down? Good question. Wow. The company made a decision that found that it did violate the policy. It wasn't my personal judgment at the time that it did, but the decision was communicated to me by my direct supervisor, and ultimately, I didn't disagree with it enough to object to you know, you know what? You know what I think happened, Mr. Roth? I think, I think you guys got played. I think you guys wanted to, wanted to take it deep down. We saw what the chairman put up where you said, you know, everyone in the White House is, is a fascist. I think you guys wanted it to t be taken down. I think you meet with these guys every week. We know that's been established in the Twitter files. You had weekly meetings with Mr. Chan in the run-up to the election. They send you all kinds of emails. They send you documents on the super secret James Bond teleporter. You get information on that. <laughs> I think you guys wanted to take it down. I think you guys got played by the FBI. And that's... You know, that's like a confirmation bias. You know, a confirmation bias. They, they were so against... I remember when uh, Donald Trump had, had actually won the election in 20 
16. And these high tech, big tech CEOs and executives, they were like crying. They were so sad. So that mindset, so they wanted to. And so they were just looking for an excuse. And the FBI came along and provided them everything they yeah. needed. Just a little request, you know? So absolutely. You I know, love, it's, it's, yeah. I love the super secret James Bond decoder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You guys that inside information from the FBI. Yeah. The, Everyone wants to be in the, the know. The mystique is that being in the know that we've got it, we're sending you information or, you know, and, and I think you're know, going back to the, the, the 230 protection for, um, for programs that are just platforms. They're, they're clearly editing data. So, so. yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. And I think these guys, these executives, they thought it was pretty cool that they got to do a little spy gate um, behind the scenes, James Bond, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this back, back um, door communication. It reminds me of the, did you ever watch Get Smart and the um, the cone of silence that would come down? That would uh, <laughs> it, it just reminds me. You know, nobody actually is um, completely not being monitored. Yeah, so. that's the problem right now. Is we are in a we are willfully letting people surveil us. We're in a surveillance mm-hmm. state. Yep, definitely. Now, if you think that these hearings have no effect on you or not the hearings, but actually the, the guilty actions have no effect on you. Then listen to this next one, because this yeah. one is about the, the jab and the misinformation that Twitter was behind. And it caused this particular Congresswoman, um, great sick. harm. She yeah. got sick, right? She got, yeah. She had she a vaccine injury. Yeah, we'll listen to her. Just about Hunter Biden's laptop. Twitter files make it apparent. Twitter worked overtime to suppress accurate COVID information. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya is a professor of medicine at Stanford who once tweeted an article he wrote about natural immunity. Thanks to Elon Musk's release of the Twitter files, we learned some of his tweets were tagged with the label of trends blacklist. Apparently, the views of a Stanford doctor are disinformation to you people. I, along with many Americans, have long-term effects from COVID. Not only was I a long hauler, but I have effects from the vaccine. It wasn't the first shot, but it was the second shot that I now developed asthma that has never gone away since I had the second shot. Um, I have tremors in my left hand, and I have the occasional heart pain that no doctor can explain, and I've had a battery of tests. I find it extremely alarming, Twitter's unfettered censorship spread into medical fields, and affected millions of Americans by suppressing expert opinions from doctors and censoring those who disagree with the CDC. I have great regrets about getting the shot because of the health issues that I now have that I don't think are ever going to go away. And I know that I'm not the only American who has those kinds of concerns. Another example of what Twitter has done to censor folks is uh, from Dr. Martin Koldorf, a Harvard-educated epidemiologist who once tweeted, COVID vaccines are important for high-risk people and their caretakers. Those with prior natural infection do not need it, nor children. The Twitter files reveal this tweet was deemed false information because it ran contrary to the CDC. So my first question this morning of Ms. Gaddy, may I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry? 
I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing- You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. Yep. My wow. next question is, the U.S. government- Oh, excuse me. I have another chart I want to show you, Ms. Gaddy. Um, I have another tweet by someone with a following of a full 18,000 followers. This person- put a chart from the CDC on Twitter. It's the CDC's own data, so it's accurate by your standards. And you all labeled this as misleading. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay, what makes you think you or anyone <laughs> no, else at Twitter not. have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situation. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. But this is what Twitter did. They labeled this as sure inaccurate. It is the government's own data. It's ridiculous that we're even having to have this conversation today. It's not just about the laptop. This is about medical advice that expert doctors were trying to give Americans because social media companies like Twitter were silencing their voices. Informed consent. I have another question, my last one for you, Ms. Uh, Ms. Gaddy. Did the U.S. government ever contact you or anyone at Twitter to pressure Twitter to moderate or censor certain tweets? Yes or no? We have a program. Did the U.S. government ever contact you or anyone at Twitter to censor or moderate certain tweets? Yes or no? We receive legal demands to remove content from the platform from the U.S. government and governments all around the world. Those Ooh. are published yeah. on a third-party website, and anyone can review Thank them. God for Matt Taibbi. Thank God for Elon Musk for allowing to show us in the world that Twitter was basically a subsidiary of the FBI, censoring real medical voices with real expertise that put real Americans' lives in danger because they didn't have that information. I also want to thank one of my colleagues, uh, Rokana, because it, as it turns out, censorship isn't just an important issue to conservatives. Some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, like Roe, uh, found this censorship very concerning um, and even wrote to you and to folks at Twitter um, that uh, he was concerned about the First Amendment being censored. So I want to thank him for speaking up and speaking out about this issue um, because this is not this should not be a, a partisan issue this should be an issue that's an american issue mr chairman i would like to enter into uh the record i asked unanimous consent to enter into the record a wall street journal article from december 9th 2022 by justin hart entitled the twitter back blacklisting of jay Bhattacharya." enter the record please mr chairman without objection so yeah Wow. She just nailed them. I mean, yeah. big time, big time. So basically they admitted right there that they were told legally by the, the government and other governments of other countries uh, to suppress that information. Just wow. That's just, yeah. And so this explains for you unidentified aerial phenomenon getting blown up in our atmosphere. I believe that this is a attempt by collaboration with um, other um, entities to uh, distract and uh, misdirect us to think to not being a paying attention to these investigations that show and prove 
that the social media companies were doing exactly what all of us were saying they were doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it actually helps the multi, uh, the mainstream media because they give them a story, right? These distractions not only distract everyday people, but they also give these mainstream media something to latch on to, to focus in on to, so it doesn't look so obvious. Because it, you know, if you don't have any news cycle, everyone's going to be like, why aren't you covering this? You should be covering like, this. Oh, we're covering period. this because this is so important, you know? The earthquake, oh, a Chinese balloon, oh, Lions, you know, tigers, bears, oh my, an earthquake in Turkey. I mean, just yeah, all those things, and so it's orchestrated. You could see it. So anyway, a lot of dark darkness, but there is hope. Yes, there is hope. There's some there good are good stuff. things happening at the same time. When Come the dark on. is dark, the light will shine even brighter. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about the revival you were sharing with us i had read some things on it as well but uh you'd brought it up earlier uh, you're on mute let's see if we got <laughs> sorry okay. about that oh, yes no. in the book of isaiah uh isaiah 60 it says um and i believe this is where we are today is that darkness covers the earth deep darkness covers the people of the earth but uh, the light will shine upon them and his glory will be seen on them. And um, Isaiah is talking about God's glory, that when darkness rises, um, the kingdom of darkness rises, the kingdom of light shines even brighter. And Jesus said he is the light of the world and that he came to give light and life. And that's not the Illuminati light, the false light that the Luciferians use. It is the true light. And that's what yeah. John 1 says. It says, this is the true light that came into the world. And um, right now in Kentucky, um, there is something called the Asbury Revival. And there's a, a, a college in Kentucky filled with young people who are experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They have for the last five days. And uh, um, I don't know if it'll keep going on, but it started in a group chapel. They have chapel, um, I don't know how often, every week. But um, they just lingered. The, the students wanted to linger. And they were calling out, um, with a, a heart to God of repentance, of just wanting to see the, a turnaround in our nation. And what uh, seems to have happened is that revival broke out and some of the students remained um, all that night, all the next day, and many of them haven't left what is uh, Hughes Auditorium, which I believe is where they hold their chapel. And it seems that God is stirring the hearts of uh, this next generation. Hmm. That's yeah. so awesome that, you know, it's, it's has a lot of the earmarks of like John Wesley's revival where people just, they, you know, there was a, from what I had read and heard from you, a, a strong repentance. And th yeah. that was also in the Wesley revival where people would just stop in the middle of the road, drop to their knees mm -hmm. for no reason or well, a reason. Uh, they would start to repent and cry and be be sorrowful for the things that it, they've done. It just would it would strike them at their heart. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, I had experienced uh, what we would call a revival when uh, Mario Morello. Mario Morello was a well, he still is. He's an evangelist actually, and he's filling up large halls right now, big tents. Uh, 
but he visited our church. I went to a church. Uh, it was called Calvary Community Church in San Jose at the time, now Calvary Chapel. And for 22 weeks, almost six months, every wow. day of the week, the auditorium was filled. They had, they would hold 2,000 people. And it was uh, six to seven days a week for almost six months. It was packed. And they had churches all over around bringing their group, youth groups and groups uh, to this just to see and experience what was going on. And I mean, I saw people getting out of wheelchairs. I had, wow. yeah, it was really, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I, um, I had a friend when I was in college at the time whose dad got healed. And so I got to hear the whole story mm -hmm. from behind the scenes. Like, Oh yeah, my dad, he's been in the hospital. His heart is really weak. And, and um, he went and they called him forward and, and he was healed and he's like a kid now. And, and I just remember those neat stories that were not the stories you see on TV as a promotion. These were behind the scenes, you know, people that I knew. Uh, I knew the daughter. I didn't know the, her dad, but, you know, I trusted the daughter. I had her in class and, you know, we we knew each other. And so it just made a impact. And so, yeah, when, when things, the spirit moves and, and it happens sometimes in a, in a wave here or there, it is something special. And, uh, I only wish I had taken advantage of the time more. I was just a young kid and, you know, we, we went several times and stuff, but now I think I'd be there quite a bit more. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. That reminds me of, you know, the Jesus people movement, the revival that ha was never called a revival because it was so pervasive and it was so overwhelming to shifted culture so much that it was it was a revolution but it was a revival they there's a movie coming out um about that about that period of time where kelsey Grammer is actually playing pastor chuck smith um, it's the, the Jesus revolution right and so i'm excited to see that happen and uh yeah i i think we have bob jones's prophecy that when the chiefs win the super bowl the a billion soul harvest two billion soul harvest will start <laughs> oh really yeah Woo! Yeah, that happened in the last four years. They won the whole Super Bowl twice in the week of it. This uh, revival began. So, oh, well, that sounds like a good a word of hope to end on. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, you know, it's been a pleasure for us to do this. Wake the Bear. And again, you can see us at wakethebearradio.com. We are on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Clout Hub, Rumble, and uh, like and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Let's wake the bear. God bless you.